Well, hello. Welcome back to Between the Lines, the podcast. I'm Jay Lind, and I'll be your host. After another great week for the podcast, I want to give a special BTL shout out today to Kathy, Cousin Molly, Uncle Rick, Allison's Aunt Pat, and David's Kabibble, who all reached out recently to say that they've been listening, enjoying, and now following the podcast. If anyone else out there has been listening and learning, please remember to rate, review, and follow Between the Lines on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Or you can drop me an email at betweenthelinesmemoir at gmail.com. And if you'd like to help support my mission to spread kindness, positivity, and hope, please click the support the podcast link at the end of the episode notes. Whatever you can do to help would be much appreciated and put directly into improving the quality and consistency of the podcast. And I'm willing to send a few more signed copies of my book out to my most eager supporters. And I'll keep sending them until I run out. So don't miss your chance to get a free book when you sign up to support Between the Lines, the podcast. But more importantly, thank you all for listening. In an effort to mix things up a bit, And keep you all on your toes, this episode is going to be a bit different than the first five. Don't fret, though. You will still get your weekly dose of good news and gratitude. But instead of doing an interview this week, I decided to share a chapter of my book with you that is full of practical and straightforward advice for anyone out there with a past, current, or future loved one who was, is, or will be battling the evil forces of addiction and or alcoholism. Spoiler alert, that's just about everybody. I certainly don't have all the answers, but I have learned more than a thing or two during my decades-long journey through drug, drug addiction and recovery. Hopefully, sharing some of what I have learned over the years will be helpful to others who are feeling exhausted, hopeless, and defeated. You can't hurt to hear me out, right? But Before we get to any of that, this is the good news. The state of New York is leading the way in new gun control legislation. The state legislature of New York has voted this week to ban anyone under 21 from buying or possessing a semi-automatic rifle. Let's hope this is just the beginning. Baby steps. I remain optimistic. Now... Let's get to the main event already. So, what I'm about to share with you is a chapter from my book, Between the Lines, a memoir about addiction, empathy, and evolution. The feedback that I've been receiving from listeners over the past few weeks has reminded me that this podcast is the perfect platform for me to pass on some of the wisdom that I've gained over the last several years. Anyway, here it is. I hope it helps. A letter to the loved ones of addicts and alcoholics everywhere. I started receiving emails, texts, and phone calls within days of my return from the inpatient treatment facility where I went when there was finally nowhere else for me to go. 
Most of these emails were full of love, encouragement, concern, and support. But there was another group of people reaching out to me who were asking for my help. I learned right away that my public stint in rehab, along with my history as a teacher and mentor, made me a potential lifeline for the people in my inner circle who may have loved ones suffering through addiction or alcoholism. I will never feel truly qualified or completely comfortable providing advice to anyone who decides to reach out to me for help with a loved one, but I'll never stop trying. I was particularly anxious and uncomfortable with this when I was just beginning my own journey in recovery. Technically, helping others is the 12th and final step, and there's a good rationale behind the order of the steps. But I could never resist the urge to at least give it a shot, even in my first few months out of rehab. Over the years, though, I've fine-tuned the standard advice I've given to the loved ones of addicts and alcoholics who've reached out to me and I've learned to create some clear boundaries when I do try to help them. I know too many stories about addicts in early recovery who were pulled back into the depths of their addiction due to their kind-hearted attempts to help other addicts who were struggling in one way or another. More than one counselor or therapist has warned me that I'm especially at risk for that harmful outcome. It's been a pretty clear and consistent pattern in my adult life. I managed to resist the urge to try to rescue other addicts during the first few years of my recovery, but I always tried to lend a hand to friends and families of other addicts who asked for my help. And it never led me back to a bad place, and it definitely helped me get past a bit of the guilt and shame I felt surrounding the pain and suffering I had caused for my own loved ones over the years. So after boiling it down to what I consider to be the essentials and keeping it as simple as I possibly could. This is the general advice I still respond with when someone first contacts me in a moment of desperation, seeking help in their efforts to save the life of a person they love. Maybe including it here will help someone else who feels like all hope is lost. Nothing would make me happier. Dear all past, present, and future loved ones of an addict or alcoholic, Addiction is universally recognized in the medical community as a chronic brain disease. The good news is that it is diagnosable and treatable. The possibility of remission and recovery for people diagnosed with this insidious disease continues to increase over time. But the sad truth is that addiction also causes more collateral damage to families and loved ones than anyone could possibly know, unless they had personal experience facing it head on. I'll give you as much advice as I can conjure, but as you probably know, there's no plan of action for you or for the addict in your life that's sure to get everyone on the road to recovery. On the other hand, I have learned a great deal through my own difficult and ongoing battle with addiction. I've been lucky enough to receive both inpatient and outpatient treatment for my disease, and my recovery has still been slow and rocky. I'm extremely proud of how far I've come, but I'm not an expert, and I do not have it all figured out. I still have very real struggles of my own, but I've gained some valuable insight and perspective along the way that I hope will be be helpful to you and your family. At the very least, it should help you understand that you're not alone and that all hope is not lost. 
I'll start by telling you this. You must not underestimate the gravity of this moment. There's no danger in treating things as if they're worse than they are. However, there could be devastating consequences if you treat addiction or alcoholism too lightly, like something you can get under control or manage or cure. You can be sure that outward appearances aside, the addict or alcoholic you care about has already tried everything imaginable to get themselves under control. They don't want to drink or use drugs anymore. In fact, they hate it. But they are powerless over drugs or alcohol. And they are not weak. They're sick. It's a disease, remember, like diabetes or brain cancer. And it cannot be cured or managed with willpower, tough love, medication, ultimatums, or money. And it certainly won't get better if it's avoided, ignored, or dismissed. Although that option definitely is appealing right now, I'm sure. And I understand why it's the option most families and loved ones try first and often stick with to the bitter end. I'm going to give you a list of suggestions in no particular order. Keep in mind that these are only recommendations and that I'm not a doctor or a licensed addiction counselor. But every one of these suggestions is based on my lived experience over the last 10 years or so. I hope that what I've learned through that experience will also help you on your journey. You've taken the first and most important step by asking for help. Don't stop there. If you have any questions, please ask them. I am more than willing to listen, explain, and discuss. One, all of you should attend an Al-Anon meeting soon. Then, whatever your experience is, go to at least one more meeting before you decide if it's for you. Maybe shop around until you find a group where you feel comfortable. Two, remember the three C's. You didn't cause it. You can't control it. You can't cure it. Three, show the addict in your life all the love and concern you can muster. Remember that they are sick. Remind them that you are worried about them. You are here for them and that you love them unconditionally. Four, Detach with love. Do not insert yourself into the addict's life in an attempt to heal them. It doesn't work, and it could backfire completely. And most importantly, you will become as sick as they are. Five, do not ignore the drug use, drinking, lying, or isolation of the addict in your life. Let them know in a non-judgmental and non-confrontational way that they're not getting away with it. Be specific when you discuss their behavior. Do not make assumptions or accusations or use words like always and never. Six, expect the addict in your life to get defensive and isolate themselves. Seven, do not argue with the addict in your life. They're not thinking rationally, even if they aren't drunk or high at the moment. Eight, it's perfectly acceptable for you not to trust the addict in your life. You can tell them why if you think it would help. But again, it's important to be specific when talking about past behavior. Nine, don't push the addict in your life. This could initiate their fight or flight response, and both of those options make the steps towards recovery much less likely. Ten, 
The addict in your life already knows they're sick, but they have a very hard time admitting it because as soon as they do, the wheels will be in motion for them to get treatment. And the addict in them desperately wants to continue drinking or using drugs despite any and all of the negative consequences they'll have to endure. 11. The addict in your life probably can't just cut back or take a break or learn to drink or use drugs in moderation. They've most likely tried all three of these strategies countless times and things only got worse. 12. Whatever you think you know about how much and how often the addict in your life is drinking or using drugs, you probably don't know half of it. And you probably never will. They're trying very hard to hide it from you. And they've gotten really good at it. 13. The addict in your life will not just check themselves into rehab. If they say that they will, don't believe them. They're just buying time. If there are plans to begin treatment, try not to leave them alone for too long while they anxiously wait for their check-in time. I've heard too many terrible stories about what addicts and alcoholics do on the eve of treatment. 14. Make sure the addict in your life knows that you will be there to support them if and when they decide that they are ready to do the work necessary to get clean and sober. This might be the most important piece of advice I have for you. 15. Recovery is not linear. It's important for you to know that relapse is part of recovery for almost every addict or alcoholic who has ever tried to quit. Addicts in recovery try to value progress over perfection. Respond with kindness and love when the addict in your life relapses. Do not give up on them. Ask if there's anything you can do to help get their recovery back on track. 16. There are several amazing and effective inpatient and outpatient treatment programs only a short plane ride away at the very most. And the time for the addict in your life to get the appropriate treatment is now. Each day, the disease gets a little worse and kills them a little more. Tomorrow will be even more difficult than today. Again, I don't have all the answers, but I do know what has and hasn't worked for me and what has and hasn't worked for countless other addicts and alcoholics. We are all different, but the symptoms, patterns, and general cycle of addiction and recovery are almost identical for all of us. If you only take away one thing from what you've just read or heard in this case, please remember that if this disease goes untreated, it can only end with jails, institutions, or death. It needs to be treated and monitored continuously for the rest of the addict's life. But the good news is that if the disease is treated, monitored, and managed, the addict in your life can live a long, rich, and fulfilling life. The 12 steps really do work if you work them, almost without exception. There's still hope for you and for the addict you love. Time for some gratitude. This week, I am especially grateful for my friend Brian, who got me out on the golf course for the first time in more than three years. And for following that up, by taking me to a White Sox game a few days later. If I didn't know better, Brian, I'm just saying. 
Anyway, these uh, are the kind of experiences I remember enjoying so much in the good old days. And um, that seems like a long time ago. Um, but now I'm doing it again. And I'm really grateful uh, that with Brian's help, in this case, I get to do that. And both of these early summer outings um, leave me feeling hopeful and renewed and happy. So thanks, buddy. You're a really swell fellow. I owe you one. Or more like a couple dozen at this point. It'll come back around. Just you wait. Well, that just about does it for episode six. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns about this episode or any of the other episodes, please feel free to contact me at Between the Lines memoir at gmail.com and if you learned something or felt that this episode was worthwhile in one way or another be sure to rate and review the podcast on spotify or apple podcasts and please click the support the podcast link at the end of the episode notes if you're feeling it you may end up with a signed copy of my book or if you want to buy copies for all of your friends and some of your enemies, maybe click uh, the link in the episode notes and uh, just do it before you change your mind. Or you could just spread the word. Yeah, it's even easier. Tell a friend if you have one or tell two friends if you're really popular. Most of all, thanks for listening today. And in the wise words of my Uncle Dave, keep it simple. Be humble and hope for the best. See ya.